Welcome to the Women Influencers in Business and CRE podcast. I am Veronica Malolas, CCIM, founder and CEO of Capital Stack Real Estate Group, a commercial real estate company serving the greater Orlando area. Today's guest is Renee Savage, certified property manager and CCIM. Renee talked to me about how she started her career in a very male-dominated industry of property management, how she effected change by speaking up and standing out among the suits. She now currently serves as president of the international organization IRAM, the Institute of Real Estate Management, and owns her own company, Savage CRE. Please don't forget to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe below. I welcome your comments and please share with someone who can benefit from this podcast. Well, good afternoon, Renee, and I believe it's good morning your time. It is good morning. Good morning, Veronica. It's uh, 10 a.m. here in, in California, in San Diego. Oh, I, I just want to let you know I appreciate it so much and you've taken the time to speak to me today and, and also allowing the people that are tuning in to listen to your wonderful, wonderful story of being a successful woman in a very male-dominated industry. So, Renee, tell us a, a little bit about how you grew up and if you want to talk about your career and how you got to where you are today. I would absolutely love to hear that. Well, my pleasure. Thank you for asking. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and ended up going to college in San Diego at the University of San Diego. And I was a business major and I'm still in San Diego ever since. So it's a hard place to leave. That's for sure. San Diego is beautiful. So I can just really appreciate the fact that you haven't left. So absolutely. (laughs) And so when I graduated from college, I my first job was with a company that was in clothing manufacturing that I had an internship with. But within eight months of that, the company went out of business. And I had to kind of decide what was I going to do. And I went to the University of San Diego had a career center. And I went to the career center. And I always joke, I went through the binders because we mm. didn't have computers really then. <laughs> I'm going to age myself. And I saw this posting for an assistant property manager. And I thought, oh, that looks kind of interesting. So I got my resume together and dressed as professional as I thought I should dress at 23 years old um, and walked into the office. It was the office was located in uh, La Jolla. Uh, I visited. I visited La Jolla. Oh, my gosh. How beautiful is that place? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Beautiful location. Yeah. And I walked in and dropped my resume off and the company was Capital Growth Properties, Inc. And they were a full service real estate company. So they did brokerage, leasing and property management. And I thought, you know, what are the chances that I'm even going to get an interview? Because I had zero experience. I'm you know, 23 years old, only eight months out of college. And I was fortunate enough to get a call to come interview for the position and was very surprised, but also very happy that I received an offer. And that was really my first professional job um, out of college was as an assistant property manager. Oh, how awesome is that? Do you continue to work for them for a long time? I did. I am one of those rare uh, people. I'm very loyal. I worked with Capital Growth Properties for 30 years. And yes, amazing. They are so lucky to have you for sure. (laughs) I was lucky to have them too. So I started as an assistant property manager and I hated it. Oh my gosh, Mm. it was torture. And I was like, okay, I cannot do this. 
But within three months, they promoted me to property manager. Again, I have no idea. I had no idea what I was doing. I was handed a portfolio of properties, both residential and commercial, to manage. And then it became interesting because it was really a challenge because I had no idea what I was doing. I really had to learn. I had a team of people I was supervising. And I really had to dive in and just I just say fake it till you make it, but fake it a little bit, but also learn along the way, ask a lot of questions. I took, you know, took, you know, went to a lot of seminars to learn about property management. And so went through that. And then th- within three years of me joining the company, I was then promoted to director of property management. Wow, so that within was three question. years. Very quickly. Very so you were 26 when you were 26 years old. And during, during that time, I got married and then I had two kids before I was 29 years old. So I've got two great kids. They are 28 and 30 years old, both in San Diego, but they grew up with me in my career and my career was part of their life, life too. And we had a merge, I had a merge career in family because it, I, I couldn't figure out how to do it separate. Yeah. <laughs> so that's everyone, awesome. Most a part of it. Most. People in commercial real estate, they do that. Well, let me just rephrase that. Most women in commercial real estate or real estate in general actually do that. So, wow, that's awesome. Awesome to hear. Now, can I ask you, when you were learning and asking a lot of questions, was there a mentor that uh, had some influence with yeah, you. you know, Veronica, it's so funny. I always used to hate that question, like, who's your mentor? And I, I didn't have a mentor. But what I've realized over the years is that I watched and listened to many, many people all the time. I watched mm. people. I, I'm like, okay, that did not work so well. So don't do that. Oh, that worked really well. Do that. And so mm. I would say there was there's just a whole slew of people and in the environment I was in where I worked and through the industry where I thought, oh, they're really good at that. How are they doing that? And so that, I didn't have one particular person. I was just a watcher and an observer of others. And I took from them what I needed to, to professionally and personally grow. Now, that's that's awesome. Yeah, you were hungry for learning. And so you got exactly what you were looking for. So that's yeah. that's amazing. So continue on. So you were still with your company. Yes, but I'm going to wind back a little bit here because I want to talk a little bit about the environment I walked into when I became Mm. a professional. So this was in 1989. It was dominated by the suits, as all of us women would call them. You would you would go into, you know, industry events and there's all these men in their suits and then you walk in the office and all the men were in their suits. And so it was a very male dominant industry. It was a time when the fax machine and the pager was the new hot technology. Ah. Computers, you know, were just kind of coming out and we didn't have emails. We actually wrote letters and put them in the mail and sent them. So it was a very, you know, looking back, it was what was normal, but it was this very simple, basic environment, really male dominated. And you, you found that most major roles in companies and in associations were held by, by men. Yeah. And they were the suits. The women also had to wear suits, but we also mm-hmm. had to wear pantyhose. I mean, I uh, don't yeah. ever have to wear pantyhose again in their life. That was <laughs> not great. And, and it was a time too, where you went to the office and you worked from eight to five. Mm-hmm. And so it was that, that old tradition. I kind of, I'd say like to my kids, like what you'd see on TV, <laughs> you know, it's not really that way anymore. 
Um, and so I talked a little bit about my progression through the different positions um, in my professional career. I also did a lot of volunteering, which we can talk about a little bit later. But one thing that I realized that I had to do was I had to morph into their world. Mm. It was the world that I was in and it was their world, but it was not, that did not mean to acquiesce to mm-hmm. their world and to, I had to figure out how to play the game in the world, in their world, how I wanted the game to play. So it was mm. very unconscious. It, I was unconscious about what I was doing, but looking back, it was very strategic. And the good news was, is I really liked business. I really loved talking about business. So I could relate and have good conversations in that regard. One of my biggest challenges is I hate golf. I hate mm. golf. I still hate golf. And that was, it still is a big thing, but that was really a way to move yourself up from what I was hearing, but I wasn't willing. I was not willing to play a sport that was like pure torture to me. So, um, <laughs> so I, 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 I get that. I get that. I actually, my husband who ran a fairly large engineering company in the Philippines, he used to play golf because that's how he connected in close deals. Right. You know, I tried it. Oh my gosh. The torture. I can <laughs> I can definitely I relate. get that little ball into the hole that you cannot even see. I do not understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Okay. So you, you were doing what you needed to do to fit in. Yes. And I, and I learned um, fairly quickly kind of how to insert myself. You had to insert yourself. You had to give you, I gave my opinions. I challenged comments that were made, uh, directions that the company might go. um, And I wasn't afraid to do that. And I think that's really important, even to this day, that we have to be ourselves. We have to question, we have to challenge, we have to ask questions all in a respectful way, you know, in, in the right way to be heard. And my, the president of the company, you know, years later, he was like, you are so stubborn. Okay, that's fair because I was stubborn. If I thought something needed to go a direction, something needed to change, I really, unless there was something logical to change my mind, I really went in that direction. And one of the conversations we had, I got called into his office, and this was, you know, it was years and years and years ago. And he's like, What what time? When does this office open? And I said, Well, the office, the doors open at eight and they close at five. And he's like, Well, when are your people working? And I said, <laughs> When when they want to. Property managers work 24 hours a day. And so I, it was important for me as a working mom to have flexibility. If I needed to go watch my kids play a sport or read in their class in kindergarten, I I felt I deserved that right to do that. But I was happy Mm. to work at nine o'clock at night and work it all together. So, so really kind of getting into their world, but also helping make change, you know, during all those years of what women and actually men now, we know when men with families, you know, we all need that, but that wasn't the tradition then. And what, yeah. And Veronica, it was really interesting when I was thinking through this earlier today, I just kind of thought the world that I was in was normal and, you know, because it was what was normal. But what I really am looking to see now is that a lot of the changes that have happened in our industry, in our companies, in my company that I was with for so long were because of women who really did influence the direction of the company who are willing to challenge why we were doing things or why can't there, why can't it be flexible? And so, yeah, there's been a lot of, well, that's, oh, that, that, that's amazing to hear, especially because staying with the same company 
for 30 years, obviously through the years, you have seen so much generational changes, so much policy changes, workplace changes. And it's interesting to me how you mentioned that women, at least in your company, helped sort of see the company through all of that. So that's fantastic. I wanted to ask you, so after 30 years of enjoying working with your company and of course, revering the loyalty that you had for them and staying with them, you decided that it was time to pivot. So talk a little bit about that when you built your company. Yeah. So I'm going to step back to step forward. Um, So after about 30 years, I had decided that it was time to make a change. And I wasn't Mm -hmm. quite sure what that change was. So I talked to the owner and president of the company and said, I need to do something different. So at that point, we decided to sell the property management portion of the business. He Mm -hmm. didn't want to be in that piece of the business anymore if I was leaving. And he would stay in the brokerage and leasing side. That was his personal passion. So we ended up selling the property management portion, our organization, to another company. And I moved over there for three years. I helped with the transition. We All of our clients transitioned, all of our team. It went, it went uh, a lot of work, but it went beautifully. And then the company that had purchased us was a commercial management company. So we did commercial and residential. So we um, took the commercial piece of the company, put it into their company, and then we rebranded the residential. And we did all this during 2020, during the pandemic, which was, it was a little bit crazy, but we did all that. And and then at that point, once that was all done, I said, okay, my work here is done. (laughs) So I decided to, it was the hardest decision of my life of my life, not a question, to to leave. Um, and that was leaving my team. I had some people who had been with me for 20 something years, wow. um, leaving the my clients. You know, I had been with them, some of them for 30 years. It was a very, very difficult uh, decision, but it was the right one for me because I had stopped growing mm-hmm. and I needed to continue to professionally grow and learn And so I decided to take a little bit of time off, kind of a rewire time, not a retire time. And during that period, I formed Savage CRE, which is a a consulting company that supports the property and asset management industry. My goal with that really is to do the things that I love. And I love to solve problems. I love hard projects. I don't love doing the same thing over and over. And so, mm. so that is what I've done. And it's, it's been great and it's challenging because you're walking into situations you're not familiar with and having to deliver whatever that particular client needs. Well, congratulations. Not a lot of people actually would venture into their own business because of the many challenges that you, of course, had mentioned already. Now, you are the president, currently the president of IRAM, which is the Institute of Real Estate Management. And you are the global president. Is it global or national? Just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So they just call it the IRAM president, but we are an international organization and we have about 18,000 members throughout the world. We have um, international chapters also, which is incredibly interesting. And um, IRAM from my early career has been made a huge impact on, on me and my career. I think when you volunteer in a professional association and in any professional association and you are part of committees and you chair committees and you go through their leadership tracks at the local level and then if you go to the national level, 
you as an individual really grow as a leader because Mm. you're in a different business environment. You're dealing with different people and you're faced with new challenges and it's, it's an incredible growth opportunity. So being the president now of Iram, some people go, wow, why would you spend all that time doing this? And, you know, what about this? And what about that? The professional and personal growth that I'm getting from this experience is it's incredible. And it's mm. an honor to be able to, to, to serve such an amazing industry and organization. But there's a lot of self-challenges I've had to go through. You know, you travel, I've had to travel to last year and this year I went to Japan and we have a large chapter in Japan. So you, you're going in, you're learning about business, what we do, property management and asset management in another country, which is incredibly interesting. Mm. But then you're also walking into an environment that is a different culture. Yeah. So you don't, do you shake hands? Do you about learning all those type of things? Presenting to a Japanese contingency with a translator is another challenging thing to, to learn how to do. And so it has been, I don't know, I just say super cool. It's been a super cool experience. I'm, you know, six and a half months through it. And both professionally and personally, I've grown from it. Well, congratulations. And I'm sure that the organization of IRAM is just so very blessed to have you as their leader. And for those who are listening in and is not aware of the setup of leadership in professional associations, it's a volunteer position. You don't get paid for it and you deserve a raise, but the raise is zero. (laughs) So, and I'm, I'm not new to volunteer life. So I totally respect and understand all the things that you've just mentioned earlier. So I know we've touched a little bit on challenges, but was there one particular challenge that you overcame that's worth mentioning apart from those that we've already talked about? Yeah, I would, you know, I would say one of the biggest personal challenges that I've had in my career that I is still work on, but I feel like I've overcome is I'm an extreme introvert. And so I'm that person who would rather sit in the back of the room, in the corner, observe, not engage, not talk with people. And no matter what your profession is, you you need to learn to engage with people. And my biggest challenge, I could talk business with people, but I didn't know how to chit chat with people. Mm. <laughs> you know, you're at a luncheon and you're like, oh, you know, how's the weather? I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't know how to do that. And I knew it was a huge disadvantage I had that I, if I was going to move in further in my career and grow, I needed to learn to do this. And I had one industry friend who was an incredible, he, he could work the room in such a beautiful way. And so I would ask him questions all the time. And one thing that I learned was he was interested in people. So I needed to understand that I need to be interested in people to be able to have conversations that aren't business related. But going through that process, I would sit with him at like a professional dinner and he would talk to someone. He was talking to someone. I was right. This is a true story. And she worked at a bank. And so he would chit chat and come back. I said, well, what did you talk about? And he said, oh, we were talking about X. And I said, okay, well, what did you say? What did she say? What did you say? What did she? And he's like, what? Are you kidding me? And I said, you need... I need to understand how this works. And so I did this for a couple of years and I practiced and I practiced and I practiced. And it's something I've gotten much better at. It doesn't mean that I love walking into a room. No one likes walking into a room full of people they don't know. Yeah. I am much more comfortable doing that. And I'm much more comfortable having a conversation with people I don't know because I 
am now interested in other people. I understood that was the key to mm. chit-chatting. And I'm sure you're interested in other people. It yeah. just didn't come naturally to you, right? And yeah. I say that because the very high analytical personalities like yourself and myself, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest about that, mm-hmm. I am high analytical. So like you, I'm also an introvert. And for people who are listening and perhaps have never really thought about whether they were introverts or extroverts, it's usually where you get your energy from, right? So I love to just be by myself and I become so energized if I can just meditate or just be with myself and in my thoughts by myself and just analyze everything. But you're right. People connect with people and people do business with people. And until we connect with them on the people level, yes, they might not want to do business with you, right? So Absolutely. great. I, I'm so glad that we we actually, it's so very common to both of us that this challenge that we had to overcome. So, so thank you for sharing that. I wanted to talk a little bit about influence. And I know you're a national leader, international leader at that. And I'm sure that you've influenced a lot of people through your great leadership. I know that, let, let me tell you, when I met you, it was during an NAR meeting in Chicago. It was actually a happy hour in one of the meetings and you spoke and I was so impressed by what you were saying about the young professionals. And I believe that's really where your influence is probably most felt. So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. You know, I think as we go through life, we don't realize that we're influencing people. I mean, every day we're influencing, we're making an impact on people's lives, positive or negative. So we have to have some awareness. My passion has been in the next generation and talking with them and learning from them and helping them kind of build confidence to take the next step. And that's men and women. I mean, it's it's both of them. And so for many, many years, I'd say for the past 15 years, um, I've been gay, I've been engaged with college students in San Diego. And I, there was a period of time I would do a lot of just um, touch bases with them. Like their professors would say, you know what, you need to talk to Renee, you're lost, whatever it is. And we would talk and and have, uh, I would just ask them questions and I, I could feel kind of where they maybe wanted to go. And I would help them go in a direction. And, um, I, I think that's um, you know one impact that I've I've made. I, I think the other place where I don't want to say I've influenced people, but I've I had to really think about this is in my career, I was really big about hiring the person and not the experience. Mm-hmm. And we hired a lot of people at Capital Growth Properties without experience and train. Mm-hmm. And I hear now people will thank me for the opportunity for giving them that first step. And I think that's an influence on people's life is allowing people, Absolutely. giving people the first step. Because when I applied for my first job, I didn't have experience and someone gave me my first a chance to, to show, prove myself. And I think we have to do that for other people. It's, it takes a little bit more work when they're your team member, because you're coaching and training a lot more than if you hire someone with experience. But you t- typically, in my opinion, get a better result and you you help launch that individual further in life than maybe they would have gone. Sure. And just like in the very beginning of our interview, we talked about mentorship. I think you have become a mentor and the people that you've 
influenced, I'll say influenced, but actually impacted in their career are probably doing really great in either staying with property management or going into another career. And and that's really where, like you said, we don't really think about how much we've influenced others. But as we step back and we're being asked that question, I think that we also have to tell ourselves that giving back or giving to others is just as important, right, as perhaps what we received in the past. So that that's amazing. So let me ask you, for people who are listening to your episode, if you had one advice to give them, what would that be? It would be to really understand how important your reputation is. Mm. There are a lot of smart people out there. There are a lot of people who can do good jobs, but your reputation is, I really believe, what gets you in the door everywhere. And so in order to build a positive reputation, I mean, it's it's you, you have to build a reputation, but it mm. can go down in in flames very quickly. I think it's just so important to build a reputation and that is a, it'd be a person of integrity to always do what's right and put others before yourself. I think you don't need to treat people well and work on continuous self-improvement. Always try to get better and own it when you messed up. And all of those like key components build who you are publicly. It's who you are inside, but who you are publicly. And that that is more valuable to me than a strong resume is your reputation. Wow. That's, that's great, great advice, especially for women. And I know we do have everybody, hopefully, who will listen in to your episode and to the other episodes on this uh, podcast, but that is amazing. And I think that it goes for everybody. A lot of people forget that your reputation is really your biggest asset, right? Absolutely. Well, we have come to the moment where I'm going to hand over hand over the mic to you and you can ask me a question. So this is always so exciting for me because I, I don't really know what you're going to ask me. So go ahead, Renee. Okay. Well, this is the fun part for me. <laughs> okay, so Veronica, what piece of advice would you give to female young professionals And is it different than you would give to a mid or late career woman? And if so, why? So the one piece of advice that I would give to women who are starting out their career, and by the way, my daughter is just heading on to university. She's my third daughter, but she still lives with us. So she's our baby. And she just completed her AA. She's decided to go to the University of Central Florida and perhaps move on to another university later on. But for her, for instance, we've had a lot of time talking about next moves, right? And I'll tell you the one piece of advice that you actually alluded to in this interview would be to be fearless. Be fearless. Don't think about the challenges so much as the solutions, right? Think about how you're going to solve and overcome those challenges as they come before you. Be fearless in your passion be fearless with your dreams. And just like you did, you said, 
you applied. You didn't know whether you were going to be accepted. And when you got there, you were like, oh, I don't even know what I'm doing here or how I'm going to get through. But you were fearless. And I think when you're growing a career or you're building a career, you just really need to be brave and bold. Now, in the middle of your career life, there could be instances where you would think, "Mm, I really just need some new adventure, right? So maybe you're 15, 10 years into your career and you decide that you want to change. My advice to you, be fearless. Same piece of advice. Be fearless because you're never too old to build a new dream. As a matter of fact, that was the quote from one of an early one of my earlier interviews. And that's a C.S. Lewis quote. And as you grow older, and perhaps you've done a few things, you've failed, you have to fail because you're not going to succeed if you've never failed. For me, for instance, I'm 60 years old. I turned 60 in March. And by the way, I celebrated my 60th birthday in Japan. So I know how beautiful that country is just this year. And I built my company two and a half years ago. And if you were in my shoes and I was on the other side of the table and you're asking me for one piece of advice at a later year of your career, or even your life, be fearless. It's okay. It's it's okay to do something new. So that would be my answer to your question. And I appreciate that so much. And listen, Renee, thank you for allowing me to interview you for the sake of people who may be looking for some kind of direction or just any kind of wisdom from people like us who have so much to give because we've been through a lot. Let me tell you, I'm sure you agree with that. But I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I think it was so nice to just have a conversation with you to tell your story. So I look forward to launching this episode. And if you have some final words to give to our listeners, please go ahead and do so. Well, I think I'm going to pick up what you said. Be fearless. Yeah, I think that's perfect advice. And I appreciate the opportunity to be here, Veronica. And it's wonderful that you have put together this program for women and men to engage and watch and learn from. Yes. Well, thank you. And enjoy that beautiful weather in San Diego. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. And hopefully we'll see you soon. That sounds great. Thanks, Veronica. Thank you. 